This podcast is brought to you by On Track Studio. You are listening to Big Brand Energy. I'm your host, Sophie Wilson, podcast studio owner and coach to aspiring chart-topping podcasters. My studio started as a side hustle when I was working full-time as a digital marketer and I've scaled it from there where I was transporting podcast gear client to client in a washing basket to now having a beautiful, big, purpose-built studio earning six figures. I say this to expand you. My mission is to help you start and scale your platform by giving my unique perspective on how to blend marketing strategy with energetic and mindset work through both solo episodes and conversations with inspiring coaches, creatives, and entrepreneurs. The term big brand energy means to make massive impact in a way that fulfills you. It's contagious. When you embody it, you'll feel your audience grow into fans, your content morph into sales, and your work align with your purpose. If that sounds good to you, you're going to want to follow the show. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Big Brand Energy. Today is an exciting day because I have my OG queen client, Riley May. You may know her from Drink More Water back in the day when I used to work with her with that podcast. Now she's got a new podcast, Riley May Podcast. And she's also just a great friend as well and a business powerhouse. So welcome to the episode, Riley. Thank you for having me on the episode and the podcast. I feel like it's so cool because I went from Drink More Water to Riley May Podcast. So wasn't very innovative, that second name, but it's on (laughs) brand. It's called having a personal brand. So (laughs) it's approved by me. It's approved. Um, Yeah, I'm really excited to have you on actually because I want to speak to, you know, I want to actually introduce you to my audience as you know, the human that you are, and then kind of ultimately delve into the successes you've had, potentially some values you might have faced and how you navigated through it. So, but before I get into that, I actually would love to set the scene and who Riley was before all of this, before what you've built. And like, Mm. do you mind introducing us to the primary school Riley? Like, what was she like? (laughs) Yeah. Primary school Riley. So, oh, how would I describe myself? I was a little blonde headed short bob fitness like loved school sport captain of the gold house like that was sort of my my jam <laughs> i was always very competitive always in sport always training from a really young age and i feel like i was always not super keen on school like that's sort of the way that i would even describe like my primary years my high years where it's like i didn't high school years i should say not my high years <laughs> whatever you say <laughs> whatever, whatever you, you say yeah. um <laughs> but yeah always very much into i think i always knew i would do my own thing yeah you know even from a young age i was very do my own thing in my own lane like doing what i wanted wasn't great at potentially following rules you would have to ask my mom that but not great at following rules Mm. and stubborn overall very very stubborn but just energetic and happy and great childhood and I feel like I yeah I was just this little just this little blonde girl running around having fun pretty carefree and very stubborn like that in a little nutshell is is who little Riley May was interesting Mm. what characteristics does today's Riley May actually Mm. still have that is stubborn doesn't like school (laughs) (laughs) no I would actually say that I'm very very similar it's so funny because I look at me when I was young and I'm like wow that's that's really carried out like in my life and I very much feel that who I was then is of course, who like what has shaped who I am now, but there's there's something about that where I'm like I can feel that that's almost what I was 
I was bound to be in this job, whether I knew it or not, based on who I was growing up. I think that's very evident and just kind of cool for me to reflect on as well. Yeah, so cool. So Mm. tell the listeners what it is you do for a job, what business you've created. (laughs) So it's evolved over time, but I currently am a business coach and mentor. So I essentially help other women in the online space build their coaching businesses. Some of them aren't necessarily in the coaching space, but we very much work on um, brand strategy. We also look at energetic. I'd feel like my coaching is very much a, mis- uh, a mix rather of the masculine and the feminine where we're not solely focused on strategy, but we're not fo- um, solely focused on energetics. So it very much is a mix of the two and we're really looking to scale and to grow their businesses and their empires and create more impact. Ultimately, I think that's a really, really big part of that. And yeah, the women I work with are absolutely incredible and my business has evolved to being in the position now where I am business coach and mentor, but I love where I'm at right now. And I love this industry and just the impact that it has and just watching other women live a life of freedom in every sense of the word and actually create so much impact and have the most insane ripple effect on Mm. so many people. I think it's so cool. Mm. How do you define success? Mm, this is so funny because I got asked this on a podcast the other day and I feel like I've never really given it a, a ton of thought or a ton of energy. But for me, if I'm like, it sounds simple, but if I'm happy and if I'm living the life that I genuinely want to be living, I've made it like I'm successful. If I'm living a life that is in alignment with my core values, like I have the freedom that I desire in my life, in my routine, in my structure, in finances, like whatever it may be that um, I've made it, like I am successful. So I don't necessarily see it as like, oh, I've reached a financial goal or I have this incredible business. I'm like, no, I'm actually living a life that fulfills me. My relationships are thriving. I'm living in alignment with my values and I'm genuinely happy. That to me is success. And that's when I know I'm good. Yeah. Do you see Mm. that for yourself right now? Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm successful. (laughs) I'm successful because I'm just, I'm happy and I feel good and I look after myself and you know, it's it's even your health. Like for me, success is is being a healthy human. It's looking after yourself. It's, it's functioning at an optimal level. It's feeling good from within. It's having good internal dialogue. It's looking after the human. It's, it's all encompassing and it's never one specific thing, but it's like success for me is living in alignment with what I value. And that's kind of the the way that I would neatly put it. Yeah, well said. Mm. Has there ever been a time where you have thought, I'm actually not going to make it? Like I'm not feeling like I'm actually going to get there? Truthfully, no. And <laughs> like a, a part of me wants to say, yeah, there's been a time, but there, there hasn't been a time. Failure to me, it doesn't exist mm-hmm. is the way that I would put it. It's like, what, what is failing? What is not making it? What is, what is that? Like, I don't actually even resonate with that. I don't, I don't live by that. I don't even believe in it in the sense that if I believe failure exists, it exists, doesn't it? Yeah. So if I choose to see it as it doesn't exist, well, I can never fail. And therefore I'm always winning. Therefore I'm always evolving. I'm always moving forward. It's like, that's not even a frequency that I want to play in. Therefore I'm not going to play into it. Yeah. So when I think about have I fallen short or have I failed? No, I haven't. And I'll never fail. I believe the same thing. I believe that failure doesn't exist, but I do personally know, I know to be true that fear of failure does. Mm. Have you ever felt that? No. no, you've never had a moment where you're like, I am scared that this won't work. Power no. to you. 
What do you think that comes down to? And I, I feel like it's funny because my immediate thought is I want to say yes. Well, this is you what know? We, just, we just actually had a, um, a recording on Riley's podcast. Mm. So, yeah, it's what we were kind of talking about. Yeah. Like that, that relatable thing that yearning in you wants to connect. So mm. you want to say that you felt that because you know other people have, but you haven't. Totally. I haven't. I haven't. And, and I say that in conviction of I, I cannot fail. I cannot fear failure if I don't believe it exists. Like yeah. the fear can't even be associated with failing because if I don't believe in the concept of failing, what am I fearing? Yeah. Right. There's, there's potentially different fears that I've experienced, but in terms of failing, I never, ever, ever, I, I just can't even imagine it. What does that even mean? Yeah. So it's just not, it's genuinely not a concept that I even play in and I've never launched or done anything in my life where I'm like, Oh, I could fail at that. Yeah. Funny how things work out with that mindset. Hey, yeah. so what is your biggest fear? I feel like my biggest fear, I mean, are we talking business? No. <laughs> You're funny. Um, my, my biggest fear would just be losing people. Yeah. Closest to me, 100%. That's what I fear most. Business, like, pff, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I, there's no control. There's yeah. no control with that. It's like I fear losing people because I actually have no control over that. Yeah, totally. Mm. Have you ever had to face that? Yeah. Would you like to share? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, like most people our age, I've I've lost grandparents before. I've lost people in my life. I haven't gone through anything where I've actually lost someone, you know, like that. that's immediately very, very close to me or a friend or someone young or anything like that. But um, my partner T has, you know, had cancer before and that was that was the closest I've gotten to fearing like, wow, this, this can actually just happen. And it happens out of the blue and it happens when you're all thriving and you're healthy and you're young. And it's the energy of your life, your reality can be taken from you like that or everything can change within a 12, 24 hour period. So why the fuck are we worrying about failing? Mm. And that is fucking powerful. Mm. What was it like as a young person to find out that your partner has been diagnosed with cancer? Like what was going through mm. Riley's head at that point? At that point, Yeah. So I was 15 at the time and I mean, I was just devastated, mm. like just devastated. And I feel like I, my, my grandma had had a blood cancer and stuff before. So it was funny because I just kind of knew what was happening and I knew that that was the outcome of, of what he'd been diagnosed with. And because my grandma had passed away from her cancer, it was just this like, oh, like you really don't know what that's going to look like. So I think the funny thing in that was I did the, I'm the strong one. I don't feel anything. Like I moved into that very, very quickly. And as much as I guess at that time, it's like, well, I was 15. It's not about me. Like this isn't about me because I'm not the one going through it. So it's like you, you pick your hat, you put it on and that's what you wear for the time of that. And it's funny because I was just, I was too young to deal with that in a way of, of what potentially how I needed to deal with that. And I would say that the funny, not even funny, but the thing is that has come back around for me four or five years after the fact. Yeah. So that's been really interesting as well. Yeah. Cause at the mm. time your young little body didn't have mm. the tools in order to actually work through this. So no. that trauma remained unprocessed yeah. and it came back around in what way did it manifest for you five years later? Mm. I would say anxiety yeah. as like, you know, strange as that sounds like I, 
the anxiety of losing people, yeah. the anxiety of fearing someone, like someone in my life, you know, getting sick or losing them. It was like this, this weird part of, I actually cannot control this no matter how much processing I do. Like I can process this, but I still don't have control. I can sit within this, but I still don't have control. So it's that weird in between of like, well, what do you do? Like, what do you actually do? And it was definitely very somatic for me at that time where it was almost like, oh my God, I can't believe someone's going to be physically away from me. Like the thought of, um, and and T specifically like his physical body not being in our house or in our bedroom or whatever, that was like all huge because I've had an experience where your physical body hasn't been here and it wasn't for good reasons. So I think, um, and for context, he's just moved overseas for nine months. It's like, that's been a huge initiation and opportunity for me to be like, okay, like whatever you haven't processed around this, like it's going to come up now. Yeah. And you get to look at that. Yeah, totally. Mm. I think, yeah, it's so interesting that you say, you know, you know, that fear and how, how it presented for you and then how, you know, in business or in general life, you, you don't have fear around Mm. it because it's like, this is what true fear feels like. Mm. And I can actually really relate to that as well. Like after losing my mum, like, you know, I'm like, you know, most people wouldn't run the business I, I do with the amount of risks that I've taken on, but it's like, mm, doesn't it, matter. it kind of, it's kind of in that energy of like, what's the worst that's going to happen? I'm going to lose money. Is yeah. that the worst? Cool. Yeah. Can, that's the one thing I have access to always get mm. because I'm, you can go and get work. The doll. There's literally so much money. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. And I think it's, it's a hindsight that you unfortunately have do you know what I mean where it's like it's unfortunate but it also serves you in a way where I'm like it's kind of the energy of to me I'm like I think what has been a catalyst for me in my own experience is I've chosen to have big problems Mm. you know I've never I've never played and this goes down to relationships or friendships or business it's like I've never chosen to play into having small problems because we're not going to do that. You know, even Tina, I've been together a long time now, eight years. And it's like, I have, in our relationship, we've never chosen to have small problems because why, why would we have a small problem over who did or didn't do the dishes or who like said that one thing that one time, it's like, we've got bigger fish to fry in the world. There are bigger problems to have right now. Choose big problems at every level. So for me, it's like, say I have a block that comes up and this is surface level, but it's like a block that comes up around, you know, posting a, like a talking story on my Instagram, that's a very fucking small problem to have. Mm. Like, am I going to sit in that for eight weeks because I fear that someone might judge me? No, I'm not. I've got bigger fish to fry. Yeah. So it's, it's, I think it's just that mindset for me of always being like move and move and move and move because time isn't guaranteed. Why are you waiting around and what are you actually fearing and how deep is that fear? Yeah. Cause there's levels to it and it's not to bypass someone that genuinely has like a fear instilled in them, but it's just checking in with, am I potentially perpetuating a notion that makes this bigger than it needs to be? Mm. And how can I actually come back to what would serve me totally. in this moment and how big the problems are that I'm choosing? Totally. And if I was, I'm interested to see how you would navigate this behind closed doors with your, say a one-on-one client came to you and said, Mm. I have just launched a offer. I got no signups. I'm a failure. This is their language. I'm a failure. Fuck this. I'm walking away. Like, what would you actually say to them? 
yeah so obviously there's work to be done around even like you haven't held the energy right so it's like you may have come to me over a 48 hour period and gone oh my god no one signed up like what's happening it's like well have you done what's required of you what's the story that's actually playing out here why do you feel you need to sabotage the launch now based on not having signups in the first 48 72 hours and where has that been true for you in the past because there's always more to that yeah you know, the, the launch itself and the outcome of the launch is a mirror for things that you're suppressing. So it's like in business, we often have so many initiations because we have so many opportunities to see our shit. And I think the biggest one is rejection. Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, if you have a thing around rejection, like start a business. Yeah. <laughs> because you'll get through it. You'll, or yeah. Not, or yeah. fail. <laughs> totally. And you'll have so many opportunities to be like, oh, I thought I integrated that thing. Like jokes. No, I haven't. Because it's it's just a mirror for so much you know you're putting your heart your soul your work your offers on the line and when that's not received in a way that you potentially want it to be received there's there's something to that right you're going to feel a certain way so obviously in business there's a part where it's like you're going to be increasing your energetic capacity to hold more to receive more um to process more whatever it may be but there's so many levels to that and it's like it will come very different early days and then there'll be that middle ground and, and where you're at now whatever it may look like but having a tolerance to accepting the fact that it's going to be hard. It's going to be a grind. Like you're not always going to get validated through your audience or your clients or what you're doing or through launches, how you hold yourself in that speaks volumes to how you're going to last in the industry. Absolutely. Have you ever been told no by anyone significant? I don't feel like I have. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm. Maybe they've never had the opportunity or do you think, why do you think that is? I mean, when, when even you say that, like, in what context are you speaking? Because I feel like there could be something. <laughs> well, I guess often I'll share from, from my perspective, for mm. example, like when I left, when I wanted to leave my full-time job to start on track, mm. there was a lot of, and this is, you know, nuanced because it's like the people who were saying no, they had no power, but I felt like, no, don't do that was, was a narrative. Mm. And for me, I see that that is obviously a mirror in my own self-doubt knowing that in hindsight but I would I would yeah I think that that would be an example of where I've been told no probably don't do that not right now not the right time do this first all those things and coming from parental figures coming from like people I respect in business those kind of narratives were what I dealt with Mm -hmm. so I'm interested to know if you've ever had that in business and potentially going back to Riley Fit PT Mm -hmm. Take it back. Yeah, Yeah, I have. I've been told no by men, I would even say, like men that I worked for, men. Um, So so I did coaching and I also was a PT early days as I was starting my business or wanting to move into starting my own personal training business. So I remember very, very clearly – my boss in my personal training job and then my two kind of co-coaches, bosses, I guess you would call them, in my coaching job, very – very <laughs> clearly saying to me, you'll never make it in that industry. Don't do that. It's saturated. It's this, you'll never make it. You have to be X, Y, Z to do this. Like all these different stories. And it was essentially just like, no, mm-hmm. no, you, you can't do it. No, you won't do it. No, you'll never last. No, you'll never make any money. Second to that, I definitely had from 
Um, my parents and not my parents are so supportive of me like so incredibly supportive but there was definitely the no go to uni yeah (laughs) you know so I had that kind of thing where it was like just what you did you know you left school and went to uni and at that point I was already qualified cert three cert four so I was already a PT and I was like well I could just start my own business and I could just do my own thing but it was like no go to uni you get the degree and when I quit uni five weeks in that was a no you're making a mistake yeah however after that fact they supported me always and I've yeah had so much support from them which is obviously incredible and I would say the other time that I can remember a no was when I was investing in business coaches and mentors Mm. everyone I knew this wasn't even personal it was just like you cannot pay that person that money to have that support in your business and at the time I'm like maybe I can't like maybe I, I really shouldn't do this but like boy were they wrong boy were they wrong yeah <laughs> I'm like if I hadn't I have no idea where I'd be I have no idea where I'd be and I'm so so grateful that I had that like inner knowing and I would even say like the wisdom piece of like no I have to do this yeah and you just know and I trusted that and I'm just glad that I had the awareness and self-trust to actually move forward with that decision. Totally. Mm. If I was like a fly on the wall in your early, like very first, when you first started up, um, signed up for your one-on-one mentor, what conversations were you having in that space at that time? Mm. So if I take it back to my first mentor, 2021, it would have been, yeah, 2021. (laughs) Like how basic do you want to go? Like it was just, what's a business? How do we, and don't get me wrong, I'd been in business for two years, but it was just scaling and like energetics and more around conditioning. I was learning more about personal development. Like it was just very basic fundamental level stuff when it came to business, offer creation, marketing, selling, all of the things. It's like, I really had no idea how to run a business Mm -hmm. and coming into more of the online space at that time, it was the surface level, like writing Instagram captions, like positioning your content, like very, very basic stuff, but obviously served me so much at the time, but I quickly transcended that and was ready for another level of mentorship. Yeah, totally. I think, I think the foundation stuff does serve in the sense Mm. of you need to have something, something to base. Like I feel like restraints inspire creativity because if you can do whatever, whenever with whatever, then you're like, there's too much. Whereas like if you're given a box, if you're, a creative at heart, you're going to find a way out of the box. You know, totally. like, oh, like I kind of want to do it this way. And then like you mm-hmm. find out what you actually like to do. Yeah. I got taught very bro marketing. Yeah. And I got taught very like bro style doing things. And, and, and as much as I don't think that's wrong, I don't think it's right. <laughs> I agree. So it's kind of the energy of like, there's nothing wrong with, with doing that within business. If that's what you feel good doing for me, I did not feel good doing that. Energetically, it felt ugh, like the output was just so much for so little reward it didn't feel authentic it didn't feel organic and I just didn't like the way I had to lead myself in business focusing on that style of marketing and positioning within the brand so I yeah I I very quickly broke that box in terms of oh but what if this oh but what if that and an example would be I always got taught never show your prices you know it's like hide your prices never show your prices and for me I'm like that actually doesn't feel good. So for me going outside the box, I'm like, I'm actually going to promote my prices. My mentor was like, do not promote your prices. Like that was just her belief. And I'm like, no, that's what I'm going to do because that feels good for me. And that changed my business. So it's like a little example, but just questioning like, why do I do the things that I do and how could I actually do it better? 
to be more in alignment with me and what makes sense for me as well. Yeah, totally well said. And Mm. yeah, I think it's so interesting because like, you know, you're on the Big Brand Energy podcast and like what I talk (laughs) about all the time is the power, well, the necessary work that needs to be done to build your internal Big Brand Energy in order to unlock that external Big Brand Energy where people see it. So Mm. I know you're big on congruence. I know that you like, which basically to the people that don't know what I'm talking about when I say that is like basically you know, being a fucking powerful human in all elements of your life will allow you to be able to cultivate big brand energy essentially. Mm. And I'm curious to know for you, if you were to think back to a couple of times in your, I don't know, maybe the past year, like reasonably recently, what internal shifts have you made within yourself that has allowed you to actually cultivate this big brand energy on the external faith? Mm. Obviously, authenticity is like simple as it sounds is huge. But I think second to that, integrity. Yeah. Like, are you actually in integrity? Because if you're not in integrity, you can never have big brand, big impact, big anything. Because there's going to that that branding, that marketing is met with imposter syndrome. If yeah. you're not authentic, if you're not in integrity. And I think cleaning that up and really looking at the part where I'm like, oh, where am I not in integrity? Where could I actually elevate the way that I lead myself, my life, my clients, my business to make sure that I am squeaky clean on the scenes? And don't get me wrong, I think there is so much room to clean up integrity always. I never think that you're done with the integrity conversation. I I never believe that. So for me now, I'm still looking at where, where could I be better? Where could I eat a cleaner diet? Where could I sleep better at night? Like all these different things. It's like the, the level of integrity can start with big things and then it becomes small Yeah, where it's like the small moments and the small parts, because what I personally see so often and have experienced at times in my business is I will pull the imposter card or I see people pull the imposter card when really they're just not in integrity, right? They're not congruent. They're not being their word. So for me, it's like come back to the integrity conversation and actually check in with that because for me, imposter syndrome is an internal compass clocking where you're out of integrity. Look I literally had an episode that went live last week and mm. I said the exact same thing. Yeah. You know what? Like imposter syndrome, while it can be true, it also can just be nothing more than an invitation to look at a knowledge gap. This is exactly what I said on a podcast I was interviewed on the other day. <laughs> Us podcast girls. <laughs> Us podcast girls. We actually had this conversation. <laughs> but it, it's exactly that. I think sometimes we can go, oh, I feel like an imposter. And there's truth to that. The truth to that is it's in, it's new. Yeah. Right. You're not an imposter. You're nervous. Yeah. That's different, right? Yeah. The the nervous thing is so different to, oh, I feel like an imposter because I actually don't know what I'm speaking about. I actually am not embodied in what I'm teaching or speaking to or creating in terms of content or whatever it may be. There's something to that. You know, if we were on this conversation right now and I'm like, wait, you asked about congruence, let me pull out my notes. Mm. Of course I'm gonna feel like an imposter. Yeah. So it's like when you're embodied in something. You don't need your notes. You don't need anything because you it's a transmission through you, not from you. Yeah. And that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom, right? The knowledge is the from you and then the the wisdom is through you. Like totally. you're so embodied in what you're speaking to that you're good, right? Versus being like, oh, this is new. This is challenging. I'm nervous. It's like that, that nerves, it's not imposter. You're not an imposter. It's just new. Exactly. There's a huge difference. And I think as well, like super common within the mindset business coaching world, like people kind of come to their coach and they'll say, Hey, like I'm dealing, like I'm looking for mindset support because I feel like an imposter when really what you can do instead of investing in that, that coach is mm. 
look at, okay, where do I feel like an imposter? What's the knowledge gap? And then source the coach in that specific skill sets to teach you the skills that you are required to actually integrate that. Yeah. Like, let's get around that. Totally. And don't teach it until you know it. Yes. Right? Because no one's no one's holding a gun to your head making you speak to things that you're not embodied in. And yes. I think that's the biggest thing. We shoot ourselves in the foot by not fully meeting ourselves where we're at yep. and going, okay, the conversation in the industry is integrity. I'm going to speak to it while I still don't get up and make my bed in the morning. Exactly. Like make your bed and then we'll talk about integrity. It's the same. It perpetuates the same <laughs> thing that bro marketing does. Yeah. Right? Because it's just like what bro marketing teaches is for you to replicate this funnel, replicate this um, – caption structure Mm. and actually go and do that whereas it's like no that's not authentic it's not grounded in what I actually want to do and yeah you're just like whereas people just see conversations people are having and try to make their business off that when really they just need to like sit in it yeah because you such a standard thing but you are your own power exactly and as a personal brand people are investing in you not a like a secondhand version of someone else and I think that's really important and it's the same part around like you know regurgitating conversations and different things like that and I think the slippery slope with the imposter syndrome conversation is you move into comparison yeah because oh my god I feel like an imposter what's everyone else doing yeah. But then you're comparing more, you're consuming more content than your block for creation. And then you, you simply outsource everything external of yourself in terms of inspiration, content ideas, um, you know, graphics, creativity, because you're blocking your own creation. It's like trust in that, you know, trust that you can speak to anything that you're embodied in, trust that you can say whatever you need to say, knowing that what you have to say with the knowledge that you have right now with your own wisdom is perfect like that's the secret source to success totally Mm. and there's also power in pause if you don't feel like you want to speak to what you currently have access to learn become the student be Mm. okay with that and then speak to it when you're ready like yeah you don't need to be doing it all right now and it's actually you know it's just going to make you spiral and Mm. it's going to you know when you're creating in that way that you just spoke to it essentially just creates burnout (laughs) And everyone's like, I'm burnt out. And then you get sympathy and then you're like, oh, you're working so hard, busy, 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 but you've done nothing productive. Business should be easy. Yeah. And especially in in the realm of like any creative industry or like coaching, mentoring, whatever. Business should be easy because if you're embodied in the thing, you don't even have to think about it. Like it just, it comes literally through you. So when there's resistance present, there's something in that. Yeah. Like you you can check that because it's like, well, why do I feel the level of resistance that I do right now? Like what, what truth is there in the fact that potentially I don't fully know what I'm speaking to? Yeah. You know, if you sit down to write copy for a course on something and you're literally stumped, check that. Yeah. Start there. Mm. What mm. do you think makes a successful business? It's funny because the human behind the scenes. Yeah. Right. It's the integrity. It's how you lead yourself. It's who you are, which in turn is going to translate on the scenes. Now, I fully believe that you can build a successful business like eating McDonald's and drinking Red Bulls and staying up till two in the morning. I actually think you can, but there's going to naturally be so much resistance for you in that and you will hit burnout. You will hit a point where that doesn't fly anymore. Like you need to actually clean up the human behind the scenes because that, that'll be the catalyst for anything that moves on the scenes. And I think that is so important to remember where it's like you get to a level where... 
not even a level because I think that the human should come first always, like always, 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 particularly if you are in a service-based business where you are the offering, like as a coach, as a mentor, people are investing in me, Mm. my brain, my body, my health, my knowing, my knowledge. It's like, I have to make sure that squeaky clean. Like that's actually a responsibility of mine. And if someone's investing thousands of dollars in my brain, you bet that I'm going to make it optimal. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, you need to make sure that you're looking after the human because if you're not well resourced, of course, business is going to feel difficult. Of course, posting, creation, selling, offer creation, like doing your Stripe payments, whatever element of business, everything is met with resistance when you're not resourced as a human. So it's like, clean that up, be the best human that you can be, focus on the human behind the scenes and watch business become quite a seamless journey. Yeah, totally. I'm curious to know exactly, I know bits and pieces of your perception, perspective on this but I'm curious to know exactly what is your perspective on why we're actually all here as humans on earth right now wow I just didn't think we'd go here but I love this question so I don't think it's a matter of like we're here and there's nothing else or we're here and this is our one life or anything like that I think our purpose well for me when I think about like why am I here why am I doing what I'm doing like what what is the purpose of my life and what I'm what I'm here to do It's one, follow your intuition through and through and through because there's something in that, Mm. right? Where I believe it's like, well, if my intuition is pulling me in a certain direction, that's the path that I'm actually supposed to be following, right? And if I'm not trusting in that path, I'm going against what I actually am supposed to be doing, right? Why I'm actually here. So I think so often when we get met with a lot of resistance in our lives, it's because potentially you're not following what you actually are here to do, right? It's like we've all got intuition. We've all got an internal pull. Are you trusting it? Are you not? Because that is the path that you're meant to be going down. Yeah, I completely agree. I fully believe that. And I think it's it's interesting because, you know, you've we've already spoken to perhaps the hardest thing you've ever had to deal with, with mm. T back when you were younger and being able to hold that hard. And mm. then also being on the other end of the spectrum, making 600K months, months, sorry, years? Where yes. are we? Yes. Um, <laughs> That'd be nice. 600K months. Month. It's coming. <laughs> we're manifesting it. Yeah, making 600K in your business in just one year, like that's on the other end of like this really, you know, abundant, I guess, mindset. And whereas, I mean, the fear of losing your partner is as lack mindset as you could probably be in. Mm. Like that is just crazy to me. Like I think think having that um, access to those experiences gives you a perspective on the world and – I think it's no coincidence that you've created such a successful business when, you know, you've got that relationship with where the spiritual world lies and what it all is. And like following that intuition, I completely agree with you. Like, Mm. I think that a core belief of mine is that everybody wants to be seen and held. Yeah. And in order to be seen and held, you need to be able to express and to be able to express, you need to be embodied in whatever it is you want to express. So Mm. it's just like this kind of like, I don't know. I see, I see business personally as like a vehicle to figuring all of that out. I just feel like with business too, where else would we be? That's it. Like, I just, I don't even know what else I would be doing. I feel like my life is, I I live in a constant state of amplifying the way I do things, deepening and strengthening relationships and building a life that I desire. I'm like, what else could I possibly want in this life? Literally. 
Because every day, year, week gets better and better and better. Yeah, totally. Truthfully, like, of course, hard things happen, but it's still going up. Yeah. Things are still getting better. Yeah. And it's, it's seeing that it's having the perspective of like, okay, this could feel really hard for me right now, but how potentially is this actually sending me in a direction that is shifting my life, right? Have I followed my intuition? Is this actually the right path for me? It probably is. Have you ever experienced a time where you didn't listen to your intuition and went down the wrong path for a moment? Yeah, I definitely would say that there's been times in my life where, and I would say it's moments. I wouldn't say it's for big things that would have changed like my entire life, but I've had moments of dipping into a lower frequency of moments of choosing things that weren't serving me. But overall, truthfully, no. Yeah. Like, you know, when I look at the big stuff, I've always been very, I think it's a stubborn part of me. It's like a Sagittarius of me. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, no, I'm doing this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. An example would be, I said to my dad, how old would I have been? Let's just call me 16 or 17. Yeah. And I said to my dad, dad, I'm never working a weekend in my life. I was like, I just refuse. I'm never going to do that. I don't want to do that. It's not the life I want to live. I want freedom. I want flexibility. I am never working a weekend in my life. And he's like, well, that's just not how life works. <laughs> and you're going to have to work a weekend. He goes, all right, mate, whatever. And he just always laughs at the things I come out with. But I've never worked a weekend in my life. Look at that. Sure, I've been on my laptop. Sure, I've been doing work for my business, but I have never worked a weekend in my life. Yeah. And I think, I guess my internal superpower, and I've always said this about myself, is I don't take no for an answer. And if I want something, I'm going to get it. Yeah. It's, It's like I don't give myself any other option. I want what I want. And if I said it out loud, it's going to happen. Yeah. Because I'll make it happen. Totally. Credit to you. Mm. In terms of like now to speak to the external big brand energy, mm. my audience is heavily into marketing as I am. I love them. <laughs> love, love you guys. <laughs> so we want to know mm. for you, what have you experienced? Like obviously you've cleaned up that integrity piece, internal shifts. Mm. What do you think if you could look back on the brand you've actually, the external brand you've built, what do you think has been key things that you believe have propelled you forward yeah so definitely being across multiple platforms early on in business love that multiple platforms like I was on that YouTube grind I was on that podcast grind Instagram grind heavily had my Facebook communities had my email marketing like I was doing my my thing across all platforms and I lost my Instagram at the beginning of 2022 last year and that for me was a moment of thank God I have 20 legs to stand on. Like yes. I lost my, my biggest following, you know, across any platform, but I, you know, started a new Instagram and I made more money than I've ever made in a week, the week after losing that Instagram. Yeah. Crazy. And it's just gone up. So the following really had nothing to do with it. And I think that was a cool part for me to see. I'm like, wow, less to do with that, more to do with the human, the integrity, the authenticity, but equally having that external support of multiple platforms, multiple communities, um, and not having all my eggs in one basket. I think, I think nailing the, the platform that you're on is really important. You don't want to be half-assed across five socials if you can't do that, mm. but nail it, build, nail it, build, nail it, build, because you want to have multiple pillars in your business Absolutely. and not just one. <sighs> See, yeah. she said it, not me, guys. I'm telling you. <laughs> You're hearing it here first. Yeah. And it would have been just crazy to lose your – I mean, I remember, like, you coming into the studio and being like, mm. fuck, I've actually lost my Instagram. And I was like, "Yeah, wow, you're actually an influencer <laughs> and you've lost your Instagram. Yeah. 
how like it's so hard and and years of content like that's the craziest part it's like when you lose an instagram mine got deactivated so it got hacked and deactivated and that's 430 posts that's 430 captions that's three years of stories that's all of your branding that's all of your marketing like it's gone overnight and I think it was just a cool lesson for me where I'm like you know what can't be taken from me my podcast yeah. <laughs> what can't be taken from me is like different things like that where it was like let's put my eggs in baskets where I really get to build and, and create connections and relationships where it's like of course I like Instagram's a huge huge part of my business yeah but I'm so glad that I had other legs to stand on. Yeah, totally. I think that's, yeah, super important. Obviously, I mm. believe that, but that's yeah. nothing new. Yeah. Um, and yeah. relationship building. Yeah. Like, you know, external relationship building, like because of those multiple platforms, you know, my audience knew me. They knew me on, on a visual front. They knew me in their ears. They knew me. It was it was omnipresence. Like that's yeah. the way I would describe it where it was like you would go onto your phone and you would see my Instagram stuff. Then you'd go onto your podcast and on your walk, you're listening to me in your ears. Then you'd get home and have a shower and have me on YouTube. Like I was fucking everywhere. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah, this is you like, couldn't escape me. <laughs> exactly. And this is what I talk about all the time. And it's it's essentially the the hack, if you will, of creating a like creating big brand energy is is to really focus on depth and Mm. that's what riley did like she gave her audience access to her in multiple ways so she could be perceived like and received sorry as a the multi-dimensional human that she is if you're only bringing yourself on a two-dimensional social media feed and expecting to have a connection like you do from a multi-dimensional human being you are kidding yourself you are and I have so much evidence. Like I can't even, I can't even describe to you how much evidence I have of YouTube and podcast being the catalyst for things moving in my business. Yeah. Like so much evidence, even like the podcast, I had an application form once for coaching and I said, where did you find me? That was like a, a question on my application form. 120 out of 132 from memory podcast. Yeah. So make that make sense. It makes sense to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I actually know how much sense that makes. <laughs> but, yeah, but you know, it, it's cool. And it's like, you know, it's not to say that I didn't have people in my world that knew me from Instagram. I had 27-ish K, I think. A lot of people did. However, the ones moving in yeah. my world into paid containers came from the podcast. There's something to, to actually look at in that. And for me, that was all the evidence I needed to go. That is a platform I've got to be across. Yeah. We're just going to clip that and blast it across my social media because it just makes sense. Get a podcast. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's awesome. So with all that you have learned over, you know, your, your life in business, your personal life with all the hardship you've held and everything, what if you, if I actually brought like that primary school Riley from the start of the episode up on the table right now and I said, (laughs) she's got the bob, she's looking, she's looking cute, athletic, all the things. Um, and I said, you've got 60 seconds to say whatever you want to her. What would you say? Wow. I would just say to her, stay in your lane keep doing your thing. Trust the inner wisdom that you have and know that you following your intuition, your inner knowing what you know to be true for you is going to be the catalyst for your success, growth, relationships and life and just fucking send it. Riley May, everyone just fucking send it <laughs> that is epic and that honestly i just want to leave it there that was mm. such a great conversation thank you so much for coming on thank you for having me you're welcome